Welcome to the Wonders of Thetis podcast, your one-stop shop for all your Dragon Age role-playing game needs. My name is Ren. And I'm Jessica. And with us today we have a full house. Uh, we've got the talented uh, Andy Koloski. Hi, uh, long time no see. Yeah, good <laughs> yeah, to have you back. Long. Good to have you here. I've been a little busy. It sounds uh, like it, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and of course, the ever-lovely Leona. Hello, I'm here, my voice may not be. Uh, remember how we were talking about the Amber Rage last week? Well, uh, was it last week or a couple weeks ago? Might have been last. We were talking about the Amber Rage, and I guess that was kind of prophetic. Oof. Please don't fly into an well, Amber Rage. I'll be okay. Okay. That 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 would, I mean, really, we'd kind of be safe, but it's more so for your household. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It put a damper oh on the whole podcasting thing. Well, right now, my entire household conti- is consists of myself and my cat so right gotcha we're good we're good we'll be safe <laughs> all right well uh assuming that none of us have got the amber rage we can probably continue the podcast. uh about uh a mage specialization you only had two uh-huh. ops left left uh-huh. on that poll uh-huh. uh, and it was a very close race for a little yeah. while who um, won? Blood Mage. Blood Mage. <laughs> no! Blood Mage. No! <laughs> we talked. That was the last one we did for Mages, I think. I'm kind of still kind of surprised just that long to get to it. But we've <laughs> waited long enough for this one because we're talking about Keeper. Yay! It's funny because Yay! it was super, super Finally. close. But then uh, turns out that, you know, people on Patreon, their votes count extra. Mm-hmm. And that might have been just enough to tip the scale. There it is. Yay! More polls coming. Keep you folks voting. Leona and I might be really excited about this. Hmm. Just a little bit. I hope the fi- the folks who are uh, giving us $5 know that they can also vote on the polls. And it's not just for the $3 folks. I feel like that's generally to be assumed. I, hmm. hope. I, I think I just everyone, not everyone does yes. makes the connection. Say, Leona knows what's up. Yes. Thank you. I am, I am on all the polls. Fantastic. We appreciate it. Oh, this llama suit's gonna get hot. I can tell. It's gonna get very toasty. Yeah, I may be wearing a llama, a pink llama kigurumi, and it's gonna get a little warm. Pardon me. And you have a llama, llama-based tumbler. I, it, it's not a tumbler. It's just a water bottle. Oh, yeah, that one. <laughs> this is great radio. This is great oh, yeah. radio, you this guys. This is what we came here for. This is the content you come so, here for. We're not talking about the shapeshifter this time. Although next time we do a mage spec, we'll be defaulting to that one. It's a cool one. Yeah, it's good. It's yeah. been an interesting conversation, I think. Uh, but why don't we go ahead and we'll consult our codex. You can ask me questions if you like. I'm not sure why you'd want to, but... Oh, good. Thank you. I'm going to regret this, aren't I? Welcome to the codex. We've got uh, a handful of questions here, some of which are a bit more open-ended. Uh, but the first one comes from our good friend Parsival on the Green Running Forums. Mm-hmm. Thanks again, as always. We appreciate it. Good to hear from you. Mm-hmm. Uh, is, I have been pondering introducing the aspect of weapons having different armor-piercing qualities. In Dragon Age Origins, axes and mauls slash maces have an increased ability to bypass armor, but at the cost of lessening the chance to achieve critical hits. 
I thought of the following as an option. Axes require an extra stun point to generate lethal blow stunts, but disregard a point of armor against foes with more than 5 AR. Weapons from the Bludgeon Group require an extra stun point to generate either lethal blow or mighty blow, but disregard 2 points of armor against folks with more than 5 AR. What do you think? Uh, it's not bad. I was a little worried at first because I, I didn't hear about the expectation of... Like mm-hmm. one point or two points of armor mm-hmm. for uh, for foes with more than five AP it does put at least a a limiter on it. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's probably not. It's one of those things where it's like you probably don't need it, but if it's something you and your party wants to do, then go for it. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I would say if it's going to be disregards two or more points against foes more than five AP, it needs to be two SP versus like diff- more difficult to generate just to keep the balance. Mm-hmm. But that's what I think. I think it's viable. But probably not absolutely mandatory. Mm-hmm. That's the sort of fiddly rule that would get tossed at my table. I mean, if you, if first of all, if you're if your fun is is that sort of thing, more power to you. But um, that's the sort of very fiddly modifier that really tends to slow down combat. And there's already a lot going on in a in in age system combat. So I, I can't say that this is Fair something enough. I would mm-hmm. use. I could see maybe simplifying, like, weapon groups just getting discounts on certain stunts. I think that would be a little simpler. And maybe adding to the cost of other stunts. But that is more bookkeeping to take care of um, on your character sheet, which some groups might be down for. Uh, But I think at my table, I would probably just keep things as they are. Mm -hmm. It's an interesting concept. Yes, I do like it. Um, And Parsifal, if you do a write-up, we'll definitely put it on our uh, resources for your game page. Oh, yeah. What do you think, Leona? I agree with Andy. I think it's a bit fiddly and could be a little bit com- too complicated when you're in the middle of a battle. Mm, yeah. um, but, I mean, if that's what you want to do and everybody at your table agrees to it, more power to you. Yeah. And there's a fair consensus. All right. Well, thank you. We always appreciate the questions. Uh, these next two questions are mostly for Jessica and I because they're, <laughs> uh, they're from uh, someone who I've been talking to recently, Cody, uh, through our Facebook page. Hello. Hello. Um, I kind of already answered these questions uh, in message, but thought we'd bring it up here because we always have fun talking about campaigns. Um, oh, ho, ho. Cody asked, uh, did you keep any sort of campaign log for your Dragon Age campaign? I'm in a campaign that's been going on for about a year. We just hit level nine. Now that I'm immersed, this immersed in a campaign, I'm very curious how other campaigns progressed. I love all the stories you two share about your game on the podcast, but I'd love <laughs> to hear even more. It's good to know that at least somebody wants to hear those. Because we're going to keep telling them that's that's going to be a thing. Sorry. <laughs> sorry, not sorry. You know, we're, we're, we're working on it. It's a work in progress. It's still on the drawing board. Yeah, we, uh, we did have a, an adventure log going, but... Mm-hmm. It did not last very long. Not super long. That said, it, maybe at some point when I'm not drowning in grad work, I can write up a synopsis or something. That could be cool. That'd be fun. Get some help from the other ladies and mm-hmm. get that going. Um, we'll inc- I, I was planning on including a link to our Obsidian portal if anyone wants to see all the notes that I made about the, about the campaign. Yeah. I mean, I guess the, mm-hmm. the, the basic sort of thing is, you know, we sort of all met on the road, mm-hmm. started out as working as mercenaries for a for, for Elden Noble, mm-hmm. and built up a name for ourselves, and then realized that maybe that person wasn't super great, and maybe was responsible for a lot of bad things, and then we took her out, and then we got more popular, and then we started uniting elves 
And then we built a nation, and then we killed a big bad guy. That's the long and short of it. That's not the way. That's not the best way to tell it. But that's I like the know. the literal two cent version. Right. But oh, I'll try and get a oh synopsis no. written up at some point so that we can describe what went down because it was pretty exciting. Mm-hmm. India, looks like you put down a little bit. So yeah, as it turns out, I got contacted by uh, our. Occasional question, answer, and good friend Drunkle Grog. Yeah, uh, yeah. happens to be a Columbus uh, native. Oh, really? So, ah. <clears throat> indeed. So he was within uh, uh, shooting distance for a DA game, which I'm running over at Wittenberg currently. Nice. Uh, Les Enfants du Sanguine, uh, the Children of Blood. Mm. Ooh. So uh, uh, this is another Inquisition era game where our mighty Inquisition agents are. Um, investigating a a book uh, that dates back to the fourth blight uh, that is bound in elf skin and is generally <coughs> all sorts of badness, madness, and sadness. And uh, they are um, attempting to track a blood mage from the White Spire, and uh, they've just met up with him in Cumberland, and he is making his way off to Kirkwall currently. All right. And the party just uh, this. Uh, just this past session found out that it is, in fact, uh, my wife's character's brother. Oh, In yeah. fact, her, uh, she, was, she was Orlesian nobility, and her parents um, basically pulled the we love this one oh, more no. than that one and had him sent off to the circle instead of her. And lo and behold, he mm. then turned out to also be a mage. So. Oh, well. Oh, so, little resentment going on, but uh, All right. we're gonna we're gonna head off to War Torn Kirkwall here with our next session. Sounds exciting. <laughs> I'm sure that'll go just great. Yep, no problems here. Uh, so nope. uh, you're getting you're know, right. Trunkle Croc. Trunkle Croc does tell me all about <laughs> your uh, oh, <campaign>. nice. <laughs> Drunkle Grog, you need to start sending us messages. It sounds tell really... us how this stuff's going. <laughs> tell on Andy. <laughs> It sounds really, really fun. <laughs> I, I think he's been enjoying thus far. The um, he's been running a dwarven uh, dwarven warrior named Nas, who is basically the party's monk. Nice. Aww. He's mm-hmm. Trying to fix up the elven yeah. rogue with a with a very artistic Templar that they came across. Uh. You know, making sure that everyone gets to mm. bed on time, and you know, uh, I pulled some stuff from. Um, the Autumn Falls adventure from the nice. from the core book, uh, in terms of you know running tournaments and, and the like, they just happened to be in the midst of a grand nice. tourney, and uh, he was you know all concerned that everybody gets a healthy breakfast before they go off to uh, to compete. In oh, how kind! That's cute. Events. I like that. Mm-hmm. That's some good stuff. Oh. Uh, Leona, how's your campaign going? Oh, that's an that's insensitive not very thing. Nice. What? Remember what happened? Have the listeners heard? Mike, too soon. I haven't Mike. heard. My last Sunday, my dwarf died. Uh, great, a great loss. Like, oh. like she died. She got gored and didn't get back up in time, and she died, and it was awful, and it still hurts, and I'm still in mourning. And thank you so <laughs> much for bringing it up. I just wanted you to feel included. (laughs) 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 All right. I did make a new Norwegian rogue though to replace her. So 
I've got, you see, our game has two, we all have two characters. So I've got an Orlesian assassin and I have a Ferelden ranger. Nice. Oh, that's good. You gotta have the dog giant dog. Yes. <laughs> I have the giant Mabari, which is amazing. Mm. All right. Um, the next question that came from Cody, which I think we'll probably throw to the table as well. Oh, is a, Sounds like at least a few player characters have love interests. Call Dylan me a Bunner already laughing at me. <laughs> uh, call me a romantic, but I'd love to know how the characters met these love interests, if they were NPCs, and how you as the GM designed them. Did you know that they'd possibly end up as love interests, or were you surprised by the char- when the characters pursued them? So I recall even, like, maybe a little bit before we even started, like... Mm-hmm. Session zero, you were like, so the thing I'm thinking about for your character is that a whole bunch of people are interested in this character and all of them are bad ideas. And I'm like, okay, well, thank you. Make her life miserable. Oh, yeah, for sure. Because, like, she's this high communication, fairly attractive young lady who's like, oh, thank God, I'm going to get out of my, uh, I'm going to get out of my, uh, clan and get away from all these stupid suitors and what have you. Mm-hmm. And it'll be great. And then immediately, in session zero, runs into two new love interests. (laughs) And then both of them are human, and she is a Dalish first, so that is going nowhere good very quickly. (laughs) Oh, I can tell you stories. (laughs) Oh, it's so bad. It's so bad. There's a point at which we actually ran into um, Flemeth. We ran into Asha Bellinar, and she took, like, she seemed, like, was able to tell what everybody's sort of deal was, and she sort of gave everybody one-liners, and she looked at my character and just started laughing. And I'm just like, you are the worst! It's like, it's gonna get worse. And then we added a third one. At least the third one was an elf, and that's the one she went with. Because he stole one horn from every helmet from that stupid, uh... Orlesian. Yeah, that Chevalier. Yeah, there was stuff. a Chevalier who like knocked me over and then had his guy punch me, and so it's actually the... the Chevalier from the Autumn Falls. Yeah. Oh, okay. He's a jerk. Uh, was it uh, Lord Malakot? Yeah, Lord that Malakot. guy. Yep. <laughs> yeah, that, that guy. So yep. Varel went in and stole one horn from each of his helmets, and <laughs> oh. uh, so that when he went out on the field that day, he only had one horn in his helmet, and it made him look mm. real stupid. And that's when Asha <laughs> fell in love. <laughs> Amusing. Um, it so happens, uh, that, um, uh, Nas, uh, Drunko Grog's character there is, uh, defeated Lord Malakot. um... <laughs> Ooh, nice! Yeah, Kill, uh, Kallion so, got him, too. So, that was, uh, that was a, a well-placed, and, and the thing is, it was a, it was a neat interaction, because I, I played, played Malakot as kind of something as the Orlesian frat boy, Oh, God. Um, like, cool. like, University of Orlais, you know, <laughs> fencing champion, and he's there with his dude bros. Oh. And, and after, you know, you know, made him a little obnoxious, but after, after Nas beat him, um, actually tried to be a gracious loser, and Nas just let him have it. <laughs> Oof. And it was like, wow, all right. Uh, all right, then. Reputation minus 10. You know. <laughs> yeah, well, there was nothing gracious about him in our game. That is for sure. Yeah. yeah. Malakot will remember this. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Telltale Games reference. Uh, like, we did also end up having a child, like, in-game. Yes. Mm-hmm. I had to deal you, with pregnancy you, in-game. You spent uh, a fair leg of the campaign pregnant. Yeah, I did. It was rough. Oh, wow. 
And then it was a magic baby because I kept, I had to drink uh, unfiltered lyrium. The harrowing. Well, in my first month of pregnancy, that was bad. That was bad. So now the baby's addicted to lyrium. It's rough. Baby needs some lyrium in the formula. Hey, <laughs> I wouldn't have a choice. No, it's, it's how it goes. So yeah, then like all the, pretty much all the relationships have been kind of fraught with nonsense. Mm-hmm. Like poor Alora, who had, yeah. uh. Alora had a love interest, uh, at the beginning of the campaign. Um, and then we did the Dalish curse and, uh. It was, it was, uh, heroin. <laughs> yep. And love interest. No, yeah, he, that went bad. He became a uh, he became a demon, and then they just they couldn't they couldn't let that happen. So that said, Ashara was there to mm-hmm. help pick up the pieces, as it were. Nice rebound, girlfriend. Well, and by rebound, girlfriend, <laughs> I mean apparently wife. Now wife. <laughs> and then Callian just kind of slept with everything that moved until yeah, she found one person that she really liked the most. So. Mm-hmm. Who started out as a villain. Uh, mm-hmm. A keeper who had lost their clan and had actually sided with the big bad, uh, and was trying because to. Because of our Yeah, mm-hmm. she was trying to convince the other keepers to side with the big bad. So while they're developing a little relationship between the negotiations, uh, this keeper is trying to tell them, "Hey, uh, you should join this person who said we're going to take revenge on all the shems." Yeah, I had adopted. I had a human boy, by the way, so that was not going to work for me. A lot of kids. Mm-hmm. Everybody ended up with kids. Yeah, uh, Shara and Alora ended up adopting a kid. And Callian and... took that one girl who wanted to cut the guy's ears off. Yes. Uh, That's the only way we know how to describe that gal. That's her primary she, feature. That's a, she, she wanted to take some ears. That's a heck of a defining feature, right there. <laughs> right. It's a, it's a spunky, spunky kid. She tried to come help in an encounter when the characters were nineteenth level. Um, it was it was a bad scene. I, I made I made her choose like, do you want to take out this guy or do you want to save your apprentice? Mm-hmm. Happy ending. Everything worked out. She chose the third option. I'm gonna do both, and it got real hairy for a while, but she did it. Yeah. So we all kind of ended up with romances and families. Did you know that they were gonna be romances when we started? Except uh, obviously for setting me up. Real I set hard. you up with quite a few people. Um, I did not expect uh, Safina, the 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 keeper, to stick. Mm-hmm. I I I didn't even expect that Callian would hit on her. Surprise! But there we go. Callian's just a very thirsty city elf. <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> I mean, it's true. <laughs> I mean, it is true. But yeah, uh, some most of them were planned. Uh, I think Ashara was planned, as far as I can remember, because mm-hmm. we had her worked into the uh, into the backstory for Alora. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I think I think that's it. Two out of the three were planned, and one was not. Mm-hmm. So Leona, are there any that you can talk about that aren't too fresh? <laughs> yeah. Or do you just need to skip this question? No, no, it's okay. Um, I I have four past characters that um Ooh, nice. I that don't that I don't play anymore. Um, that are retired. My Dalish elf um was not one that was ever supposed to have a love interest. Because she just was kind of a, yeah, use them and lose them kind of person. Ah. Um, she had affairs all over the place because, you know, sleeping with somebody is nice and then you just move on. But she actually fell in love with a human. Ah, <laughs> oh, that's the way, isn't it? And then, 
and not only a human but a noble and Ooh. then she nearly died and he lost an eye and then she became a gray warden and Whoa. <laughs> and now We're she's everywhere in, with this <laughs> and then she, now she's in Weishaupt and he's in his lands in the in the ben, oh, no white west hills and oh, man. No. So they're not together now, but I can pretend they end up together eventually. Yes, you can write your own fiction. It's not fan fiction if it's your character. Right. So Then it's just have... original fiction. Right. So that was, uh, again, that wasn't planned. Um, my Kunari mage was sort of planned. That she fell for a human, too. Oh, man. Oof. Yeah. My, my poor dead dwarf was this close to oh. getting a girlfriend you told no. me this story and it broke my heart in half like she's she never actually went for any girls because you know being a lesbian in orzammar is not something you do because it's all about having kids because mm, yeah. dwarves don't have many kids so she never acted on anything and then she finally found this girl that she liked and before she ever got the chance to say anything to her she died she died, and now, now the poor Alphilara will never know how Narinda felt. Oh. Made her a note just in case and kept it in her bag. Nope. Nope. Um, but uh, right now, the other three characters, the one Orlesian that's retired, never was another kind of, you know, I'll sleep with them if it gets me what I want kind of person. And my two new ones... My, my ranger and my assassin don't have anybody right now. But the other couple of people in our campaign do have love interests that are all NPCs at this point. Mm -hmm. No actual PCs. Fair enough. Um, which is different than the other game. The other game, like, were all my other love interests have all been PCs. Okay. That's interesting. <laughs> all of my love interests have been NPCs, but that could have something to do with the fact that my spouse is always the GM. So... Yeah. Yeah. I, um, so, yeah. I can't say I've ever had a, a PC PC romance in in any of my games. You gotta be careful with yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. If you've got if the if the player has a significant other that doesn't play the game or maybe even does play <laughs> and sees uh, your character <laughs> hooking up with their character. It could create some hurt feelings. Yeah. No, really, baby, it's for a play. It's for <laughs> just acting. <laughs> right, exactly. I mean, so you got to be careful with that a little yeah. bit. I, I feel. Oh yes. Um, I personally would would not have a problem with it because a I don't have a significant other, so there's that, and b you know it's it's a character. But other yeah. people feel differently. So yeah. I mean, you do put a piece of yourself in all your characters, mm -hmm. so. There's mm -hmm. that. I mean, Something. Ren plays everybody's love interest, and I'm cool with that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but you're all the love interests. I am all the love interests. <laughs> I mean, it, it's good to be the good. To be it's the good to be the or, or queen or whatever's it's good to in be between. The ruler. Indiscriminate ruler of you know assorted yep. things. Yep. Especially love. So yeah, it sounds like everybody's got really, really. Difficult romantic stories. <laughs> this is we know what As game we're playing here. Oh yeah, one of the humans that I fell in love with this was a Templar, and that yeah. was just the worst idea. <sighs> oh, 
in our game right now, this is the best story. We have a Tevinter blood mage that's fallen in love with a Ferelden Templar. Oh, oh. God, that's just as bad. Wow. Oh, man. Dragon that was an elven. That was an elven first. Dragon Age, and then, the game oh. of casual racism and heartbreak. <laughs> And yeah. Then, oh, it's oh, you. You put the, you've hit the nail on the head. And then the Templar doesn't know that she's a blood mage, so that should be really fun when it comes out. <gasps> oh man, have they already started making kissy faces at each other? Oh, they make kissy faces, but he has taken a vow of chastity until they get married. Until she. Gets married. <laughs> so it'll be. At, they'll be at the altar when it happens. You know that. So we have not faded to black yet on that particular romance. Right. Ah, yes, but it, they, they, he will find out at the altar. Find out before then. I think it's coming. Uh Oh, man. (laughs) Oof. All right. Well, hey, all you folks out there, you want to tell us about your character's uh, (laughs) difficulties, (laughs) feel free to send us uh, some uh, some stories. We've all been there. Uh Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Well, thank questions, Cody uh, and Parsifal. Those of you out there listening, if you have a question about the Dragon Age RPG, whether it's mechanics, build suggestions, questions about lore, clarifications about old episodes, or anything else, send a message to podcast at gmail.com, send it to us through our Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, Google+, or SoundCloud accounts, or send a personal message to Cot the Protector or Healerpuff on the Green Running forums, or send a message to Cot or Lee on the D20 radio forums. That's us. That's us. All right. Um, our Dissonant Verses is... It is uh, kind of slim. We don't have any specific suge- uh, suggestions, but um, <laughs> uh, I believe that there is some stuff coming that you should look forward to, uh, especially for Dragon Age Day, uh, which we uh, see, we have been plugging a couple of times, and we should probably plug again. Dragon Age Day is a fan celebration of the Dragon Age franchise that's taking place on December 4th. There's going to be contests, there's going to be fan art, there's going to be fiction submissions, there's going to be, uh, I think they've even gotten to contact with one or two, let's see, one or two of the actual voice actors who comes from Dragon Age itself. I think they got into contact, I think it was Solus's voice actor they got into contact with. <laughs> yeah, let's right? go judge him harshly! <laughs> yeah! Uh-huh. But, uh, so there's, there's a lot of stuff incoming for Dragon Age Day, and, uh, at our suggestion, they opened it up, I'd say they opened up the submissions to, uh, adventures for the, for the role-playing game, and I believe, Andy, you're writing one. Yeah, I, I was, I've actually, uh, spent some time, uh, over the past weekend, I was at, uh, a catacon in Dayton as a special guest, and I had a little bit of downtime, so I sat down and started doing some outlining for, for an adventure that I'm writing. I'm calling it right now Unwelcome Guests. Uh, it's going to be a kind of haunted house type scenario in the vein of uh, Chateau Anter or you know some Ooh. of the other uh, you know uh, Bartrand's Mansion in DA two. Um, yeah, that was a good one. So uh, still working on all that, but I have there's going to be a lovely little table of randomized uh, creepy elements that you can throw in at various times to keep your party off base. So that's uh, you can look forward to that. Uh, hopefully I will have that done by Thanksgiving and be able to ship it off to you guys. Fantastic. Oh, we'd love it. Sounds super exciting. Uh, we've also been invited to a Twitch stream that's taking place on Dragon Age Day. Uh, one of the organizers is going to be playing Dragon Age 2 uh, and is going to be having us on to talk about the Dragon Age RPG because they're interested. Uh, and I'm sure we'll be... Uh, 
watching all their selections and dra- in their in their game and thinking about what we would have done. Oh, you know what's gonna happen though? Mm-hmm. It's gonna be a spider part. Oh man. <laughs> It's going to be a spider part, and I'll have to not look at the screen because of the intense, crippling arachnophobia. I'll go to one of the three caves. Mm-hmm. Is this Gilderthalen by chance? I don't remember. Uh, that was not the name that was on the email that okay, I received. So. Yeah, it's a YouTube streamer that I've been that I've been following. She runs a uh, podcast called Split the Veil on, uh, on there, and... Uh, she and another podcaster, Jordan, uh, Katie is her her real name, um, do a pretty phenomenal job. She's been doing YouTube readings of all the of all the codex entries from all three games. Ooh, nice. So it's uh, it's really something. So little That's shout out for sure. the, little shout out for her. Very cool. That's a huge undertaking. More more power to her. Yeah, really. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And I mean, they're, most of them aren't particularly long. I mean, they're only about a minute or so, but there are a legion of them. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, her name is Katie? Katie. C-A-T-I-E, I believe. All right. Well, I did, in fact, actually get an email from a Katie, uh, who in here also uses the handle Teresa Lavalin, which I'm also down for. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't know about that. So, I know she is a soulless maybe? fancier, but you know, that's <laughs> soulless fancier. <sighs> Soulless in hell. I'm gonna crack that egg. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, right. I am a hundred percent certain that Asha would have ended up in a relationship with Solus, and she would have hated every actual second of it. <laughs> like it would have happened, but she would be miserable. <laughs> So, there's a lot of cool stuff to look forward to in Dragon Age Day. Hope you will all join us on December 4th uh, to see what kind of crazy shenanigans and Dragon Age-based tomfoolery we're getting up to. Uh, and, of course, that's, yes, as, as you can, if you were looking for any uh, potential suggestions on what you can do with your Dragon Age games, we do have a resources for your game page where you can find all of the, all of the uh, submissions we've had to the Dissonant Verses and... I suppose eventually we'll probably be adding unwelcome guests to that list. Mm-hmm. It's coming. Mm-hmm. Exciting Pretty stuff. Exciting. All right. Well, I don't know about you guys. Oh, man. But when it comes to main topics... <laughs> Here it comes. I think this one's... No! Pretty good! Oh, come on. <laughs> what? Don't you still think I'm a keeper, baby? It's our main topic for today! Is it fate or chance? I can never decide. <laughs> Welcome to the Wonders of the Days podcast. Would you like to try a combo meal? <laughs> Rivalry plus ten. <laughs> <laughs> Jessica Red strongly approves. approves. <laughs> <Yay>! <laughs> Disgusted noise. Ugh. Ugh. Uh, it was great because I faked you out, oh, and then I dropped the bomb. Ugh, you're the worst. I'm the best. So. She is the best. Yeah. <laughs> Me and Leon are friends for life. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. So you want to be a keeper. Uh, you can turn to page... I should get the page number down. I did. Page 67 of the core rulebook to see you can see the specialization for yourself. Uh, but we'll be chatting about it here, uh, mm-hmm. filling your ear holes with some keeper goodness. Uh, so, first question is, what is a keeper? 
and so many so many wonderful things. Keepers are great. I mean, the the specialization is maybe less great, but keepers themselves are awesome. They are the spiritual center of the Dalish clan. They are the leaders of the clans. They lead them in their nomadic lifestyle and guide their hearts closer to what it means to be elven. Uh, they're also all mages. Mm-hmm. It is a mage specialization, so keepers are the mages of the Dalish clans. Yep, so if things are going wrong and questions need answering, you are their go-to person. Mm-hmm. Being a keeper is a big responsibility, and you're probably going to be doing it alone for a while until you can recruit a young mage into an apprentice called a first, who you will train to succeed you in the duty of keeper. Uh, mm-hmm. Some clans do uh, do have a second, although they are somewhat uncommon. I've never heard of a clan having a third. I've not either. No. I do know that there are seconds, though. This mm-hmm. uh, Sabri clan that uh, Meryl comes from. Yes. Uh, Marathari, Marathari's husband is the second. That's mm. right. Mm-hmm. Well, there you go. Mm-hmm. That's pretty wild. So, yeah. So, uh, to give you some context uh, and some characters who are examples, who in the Dragon Age universe has this specialization? Or at least should. Or at least probably should. Uh, the first auction was uh, Zathrian, and technically, fun fact, the Keeper specialization wasn't a real thing until they made Awakening, so Zathrian's technically a blood mage, but... Whoops. That's a bit of a stretch. I... Yeah. I don't know. After, Pretty sure he'd uh, have this. After that whole curse deal... I could I could see blood mage, but yeah, keeper makes a lot more sense. He's probably got both. Yeah. Let's be honest here. Yep. He does conjure a bunch of Sylvans to fight you. Yeah. Sure. You know, for what that's worth. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, the one who actually uh, debuted the keeper specialization was Velana from the Awakening expansion. Mm-hmm. I liked Velana. Learned an interesting fact about Velana recently. Oh. Uh, apparently there was some discussion before DA2 came out that she would be yep. carrying Justice instead of Anders. Ooh, yep. that would have been oh, man. cool. So. I did know that one. I did not, I just learned that, so I was like, oh, That's cool. Neat. The more you know. Mm-hmm. So then we'd all be saying, damn it, Valana, instead of damn it, Anders. <laughs> yes. Right. Yeah. I, I can see why they went the way they did because Valana is so fixated on the elven culture, mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. The light, where Anders is all mages all the time. Yep, mage party. Right. Only mages are invited. Also, Sir Pounce a lot. <laughs> they took away his cat. When he I feel like that was the beginning of the end yeah, for Anders. That was the beginning of the end for Anders. <laughs> what do you mean I can't take Sir Pounce a lot? Justice. <laughs> <laughs> Anders will remember this. <laughs> uh, and of course, we've already brought up her name once because she is archetypal uh, Marathari from Dragon Age 2. Mm-hmm. You meet her a couple of times for a couple of quests and uh, have to help her with some of Meryl's quests. Mm-hmm. Who uh, else we got? Let's see. We also got uh, some lesser known folks. Uh, like Thalen, uh, who is the keeper of let's see, uh, uh, keeper of goodness, I can I think it's a clan it's, in Mast Empire. A clan in the Mast Empire novel, the one who is who has put Imshale in a summoning circle to question him about Dalish stuff. This goes very well for everyone it involved. It goes very well for absolutely everyone. <laughs> Definitely doesn't have reper- repercussions in Inquisition. Choice spirit. <laughs> yes, <laughs> <That's right>. correct. 
Mm-hmm. Um, from Dragon Age Inquisition, we of course also have Hawen, uh, mm-hmm. who is the keeper of the clan that you meet uh, in the Exalted Plains. Mm-hmm. You have to get his favor to actually take some quests from the clan and uh, recruit one of them to the Inquisition. Mm-hmm. And uh, see, uh, we do have, of course, Meryl, who probably should have that specialization at least as one of the specializations she took. Yeah. yeah. Well, my, my argument was, I mean, obviously, you know, the whole thing with Meryl is that she is a blood mm-hmm. mage, but her her spell list for, for the Dalish Pariah um, specialization includes almost exactly all the spells that we that we are going mm-hmm. down in terms of the keeper specialization. She gets Wrath of the Elven, she gets Ensnare, she gets uh, she gets um, Stone Stones Throw. Stones are so, so good. Uh, uh, so, fair enough. Blood Major, no, she uh, she's got this mm-hmm. one as well. I think. Yeah, I think that's all the canonical ones that mm-hmm. we have. Yep. Also me. Also you. As as a keeper, it's good day. It's mm-hmm. good time. You went uh, a little above and beyond for that whole keeper thing. I started and... a nation. Yeah. It's a good nation. I'm a big keeper now. <laughs> I keep a lot. <laughs> you do a lot of keeping these days. Yes. Especially with how many how many kids does she have now? You know, it's I don't, it depends on where we are. By Inquisition, I don't even know. Probably, are you counting adopted children? Yes. Then what, like four, five, Some, something, something like that? Like that. <laughs> she has a lot of kids. So, uh, how do you get into this specialization? This one's got some pretty harsh requirements. Uh, yeah. Of course, you have to be a mage. It's a mage specialization. Uh, you need a cunning and a magic of three or higher, and you have to be a Dalish elf. Hmm. Uh, because the because of course the, you do because of course you do keepers aren't necessarily going to share the secrets right. with everybody or literally anybody <laughs> anybody who's not you know they're first <laughs> um, it comes with a lot of story flavor so gaining the spec as part of a quest uh, or from training with your clan's keeper is most appropriate mm-hmm. probably uh, a uh, a reward for us reaching a certain milestone in the campaign. Assuming that your campaign includes some Dalish clans, which, yeah. I mean, if one of you is taking the Keeper spec, it probably does. Yeah. And it's true that Awakening had a manual to unlock the spec, but boy, does that seem deeply, deeply inappropriate for the tabletop. So, I mean, it, it's your game, do what you will, but that doesn't seem, we don't think that makes a lot of sense. I don't see how it could make sense because Thank the you. don't have right? a written language. They lost the written language. And they're not going to write down. Yeah. Oh, no, Tevinters the 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 can fight me. They will. Oh. <laughs> they will, with blood magic. Um, it does good. have a nice little insert on frolicking in the woods, though. Hey, you don't fro- but that See, that's how you know it's inaccurate. <laughs> you don't frolic right. in the woods, the trees get jealous. Exactly, it's from <laughs> right, There it is, it's from Tevinter. <laughs> I mean, the elves know what's up, but... Man, nobody knows nothing these days. Nobody knows nothing. Uh, so what does the spec do? Honestly, not a whole lot. Mechanically, it's maybe not the most powerful specialization you could be going with, with, uh, let's say with mage, but... Yeah, compared to blood mage, it's kind of tragic. But mm-hmm. it does have some really cool tricks and one of my favorite spells in the game. It's a very nice one. Uh, Only for keepers. You are a mage who learns a number of curious primal spells, so you're going to want to get good at primal magic to cast these spells. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, of course, having primal magic gives you quite a few options already. Uh, at the novice degree, you learn the spell Wrath of the Elven. Uh, 
For six, man, uh, six MP to cast and two MP every round after, you deal penetrating damage to all targets within four yards of you uh, as nature itself it lashes out at your foes. Uh, it's not terribly expensive, and a two mana upkeep is not cra- is not like crazy. Not something and like... Uh, and that gets even better if you manage to get yourself to Journeyman in Primal, yes. where all those costs are reduced. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. for, you know, for five mana and one per round, th- uh, yeah, this, is pretty, this becomes a lot more solid. I had actually not considered uh, the, uh, what's it, uh, Primal reducing the cost of upkeep for spells. I had always assumed that it did it for the original casting. Yeah, I think it's just for the original, well, we've always did it for just the original casting. I but... do like that idea, though. If it if it's otherwise, obviously you know, I'll stand corrected. But, uh, but I think that's a my you know your mileage may vary. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it sounds like fun. Yeah, I mean I'm um, down. This doesn't need to be weakened any further. Right. Right. Yeah. Really. Um, so a, a Constitution stamina test uh, negates any damage to a target for a round, um, but that's it has rough. no limit of targets. Uh, but they have to be within four yards of you, within two squares. So you you got to be up in their faces. It's it's rough. We had an item that you made for me that made it more viable. Yeah, a little bit. Where I got to do like uh, uh, right. Uh, normally the damage is half your magic rounded down, pen and penetrating yeah. damage. I did full magic with doing half magic rounded down on a fail on a successful save. Yes. Which made it significantly more viable as a game option. Mm-hmm. Nice little Especially boost. because my magic was a 9 at the time. <laughs> right. That <laughs> helps. Uh, and, I mean, getting a spell that's an area of effect, a recurring area of effect spell with penetrating damage is usually pretty rare. Not too, yeah, it's not too shabby, as long as you bump it up. It does need boosting, though. Mm-hmm. Especially since you're likely not going to get it until you're at least in mid-levels. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just too weak for a mid-level lady. Uh, the damage will likely not affect targets with the armor training, with the master degree in armor training, uh, without the pierce armor stunt, which you can use on spells, and I actually had com- not really considered that until I opened, up, cracked open the Fantasy Age Companion, and they were using, like, regular old stunts on spells, and I thought that was the wildest thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, one thing that has made this useful is, uh, at high levels when I had the boost on it, mm-hmm. I could cast Force Field on myself, like, I could <laughs> ensnare them. Quick cast force field and they have this thing going on around me, Ugh. and they'd be stuck there. And you're immune well, with to damage. And they can't touch me. And you can cast spells out of it. I can. That's slick. It, it was not a bad combo. It worked out pretty well. I had enough mana to make it viable, so they would just be kind of stuck there with me. You didn't have, <laughs> didn't have quite enough t- uh, room to take the force mage specialization. No, but that would have just made it even worse. Yeah, that would have been that would have been nice. Pull of the abyss. <laughs> Get over here. <laughs> right. <laughs> so uh, it is an ex- it is a good defensive spell to keep those melee folks away from the squishy mage. If you know, if once they see, Assume, like, yeah, assuming that it's actually doing enough damage. Otherwise, they'll just walk through it. Like. Mm-hmm. Um, but- even the most hardened warrior isn't gonna isn't gonna want you know three or four damage every round just to stay in melee with you. That is true. Mm-hmm. Especially if it's quickly turning out to not be fruitful because you have a really nice rock armor or you have force field up. Yes, mm-hmm. exactly. No touch. Uh, but do remember that stun points can uh, add damage to the spell, like with mighty spell. Um, yeah, it'll be for single targets, unfortunately. Yes. Unless you are a master at primal magic, in which case you get to spend uh, a little extra on stun points to have a mighty spell stun hit multiple targets. 
Uh, or if you have the spell expertise talent and you use lethal spell, which just makes it an extra, which you can make it either two d six extra damage against a single target or one d six extra damage to all targets. Everybody. Mm-hmm. Worth keeping in mind. So, so there are options. There are options. Uh, might, yeah. might seem weak at the start, but you know, once you start, once you start building in some of the talents, mm-hmm. there, you know, yeah, it, it 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 starts stacking up a little. You yes. got to think creatively mm-hmm. and maybe get your GM to let you use that item that Red made. Maybe. Because <laughs> it makes um, it much better. You may have to talk to your GM about how they feel about stunts sticking to spells that are continuous and like up, like kept up every round. Some GMs might say that you know the stunt only works on the round that you cast the spell, and some mm-hmm. GMs might be cool with oh every round if you got mighty spell on your inferno spell you can pick one target that's in every the inferno round. every round that gets that extra point of damage. I mean your mileage may vary. Yeah. I personally don't see a problem with it. I think it sounds kind of fun. It is a little extra bookkeeping, so, you know, whichever group, to, to each their own. Mm-hmm. Uh, for the journeyman degree, you learn the spell Ensnare. Uh, this one has got an interesting jump in its numbers, because it, it only costs 8 mana, but it is a target number 17 to cast it. Yeah, that's that's a lot. And it doesn't actually, like, the reason I was able to hold people around was because we took the uh, wood arcana. Mm-hmm. We borrowed the Wood Arcana from Fantasy Age, and I started taking spells from that. Mm-hmm. And one of those actually lets you hold people in place. Mm-hmm. This is a target number 17 spell that doesn't even actually let you hold people in place. You just pull them close. Pulls the, uh, They pull adjacent, unless yeah. they succeed at a strength, so, might, versus spell power. Yes, and then they can just walk away next round, mm-hmm. as per the way the spell is written. So If they fail with less than a 4 on the Dragon Die, they also take half your magic and penetrating damage after they're moved. Uh... And don't forget, you can, of course, use stunt points on that if you happen to have an eager to get damaged. Yeah, it's not ideal, though. Uh, but I think the idea is that it's meant to pull your foes in so that they can then be targets of your Wrath of the Elven spell that you've got going. Of course, if they just walk away before the thing reactivates, then it doesn't really do much. Eh, you know. Womp womp. I was surprised they didn't give this spell to Revenants, honestly. Hmm. Because right. they, they replicated the... Uh, the um, telekinetic pull with mm-hmm. with stunts instead of just being able to get over here. Yeah. You know? Yeah, so. that was a thing that Revenants were very, very sp- spooky for. Pulling my mages mm-hmm. out of the back line. <laughs> Not a fun time. Mm-hmm. This, is why you ca- this is why you keep fade step on the trigger. Right, there you go, that's it. <laughs> Truth. And uh, now, of course, ensnare is a dangerous move potentially for mages because it pulls the targets as close as they can get to you. Uh, but because you're a primalist, hopefully you've got your rock armor up at the very least. Even if you're not a primalist, just get rock armor. Get rock armor, come on. Just get it. Uh, but the true gem of this degree of the specialization is the spell Stone's Throw. Oh, this is a beautiful spell, and it's not even one that you get automatically, and it doesn't really tell you that it exists. You kind of have to go looking looking for it. it. Secret. Secret of the elves. You hear it first here, and the one is the famous. (laughs) Uh, this spell requires you to know the spell Ensnare before you can take it, so you have to be at least a Journeyman Keeper before you can learn it. Mm-hmm. Um, if Keeper is your first spec, you can take this spell at the same level that you earn that second degree of the spec. Uh, if it is your second spec, you're going to have yeah. to wait until level 17. It was a while. I was really excited when I finally hit 17 and got this spell. Uh, but Stone's Throw lets you instantly travel through earth and stone to another spot within 24 yards. Uh, while the spell specifically says this is not teleportation, it, it, it might as well be. In game terms, it kind of, it kind of is. 
Valana does this spell a lot, actually, every time you, when she comes in in the beginning, the first time you see her in Awakening, it's like mm-hmm. the, the tree roots come up from the ground, and then Oof. she's there, and then they encircle her again, and then pull her down. Super so cool. That's so cool. Think about that, and that's how you think about this spell, rather mm-hmm. than being teleportation. I mean, yes. it's super cool. Mm-hmm. I love it a lot. And you get just, pulled into the earth? There's nothing else in the, in the spell list like this. this I mean, this yeah. is true. Yeah. Uh, this, this is, is really some unique. ultimate utility. Yeah, this is like if any of you who are D and D or Pathfinder players, this is like D door in a low magic setting. It's very good, except you can't take people with you, which is you can't sad. take people with you. Uh, but it does give you a lot of options that a lot of other casters just aren't going to get. Yep, and you do need continuous stone or earth or mortar as part of a stone structure to travel through. But I mean, here's the thing: walls are often direct paths of stone and mortar you can just skip floors in a building you can go in there's no reason there's no reason you can't go upwards and come out on a different floor right like, if you're you know falling down a super long you know uh cliff or something maybe it's a really really long fall just touch the wall and cast stones throw uh, like, now i'm falling 24 yards lower <laughs> yeah, well they wouldn't be falling anyway i guess you you could you could get yourself latched on or something. I, don't I know. guess it would depend on whether, how the GM wants to handle the physics of that situation. Yeah. <laughs> oh. like, no, you know what? Touch it and then teleport yourself back up. Assuming or, that excuse the, me, assume... stones throw yourself back mm-hmm. up. Assuming that you've, you know, I mean, it, 24 yards is a lot of space. Then fast cast it and do it again there, if you're there not we go. there. There we go. <laughs> and just kind of pop into the rocket. Oh, oh, hold on. <laughs> whoop, whoop, whoop. <laughs> Uh, so I mean that's twelve squares. That's probably going to be an entire battle map for most fe- for most people. Yeah, it's super good and very nice. And it only has a target number of thirteen, which makes me kind of wonder if they accidentally swapped the target number values for ensnare and stones throw. This one only costs four mana. That is the other thing. It is four super mana cheap. for Dimension Door. Excuse me. Mm-hmm. Like this is amazing. <laughs> yep. Your journeyman primal is to cost three. Uh, get it's it so good get it use it it is it alone is almost worth the fact like you could have virtually nothing else in mm-hmm. the, and you kind of don't really have much else going for you but right. this alone makes it worth considering because the sheer amount of mobility and potential for battlefield control opportunities here is just excellent wild mm-hmm. uh so finally we have the master degree uh, which is whenever you kill someone with the Wrath of the Elvendel, <laughs> you regain 1d6 lost health. Which is... <sighs> wahoo, wahoo. Son, I am disappointed. Yeah, right? <laughs> oh, I mean, boy. you're dealing half your magic and damage to folks who don't make the test. Which, I mean, spell power tends to actually yeah. rise pretty quickly, so that's... Yeah, you gave... Well, no, you, like, you gave me a special item, and I had a magic of nine, and it, I still got this to trigger exactly one time through that entire game. It was a, day, it was a big day. I was really <laughs> excited about it. <laughs> I didn't so, even need the health. Yeah, th- this, is a, this is a pretty pathetic uh, master degree. Uh, this is ability. awful. Uh, I, if you wanted to house rule this sort of thing, I would say whenever someone dies within the radius of Wrath of the Elven... You know, that way it's not like just, that. you know, even you having then, to deal that damage. That even then, yeah, still it's not, not capstone worthy. strong. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, it's bad. It's real bad, like... 
This might be out of a lot, all the spe- a lot of a lot of the specs we talked about. This might be one of the specs where you can take or leave the master degree. Yeah. What if it's like anytime someone takes damage, you regain? Well, like do like the uh, the reaver gets where they have that. Yeah. Every time you deal damage. Every time you deal damage, you get like an, an amount of healing get, equal like... to their con score. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's not bad. Like. And the reaver gets that at at. That's uh, the novice degree. Novice level. Yeah, so that yeah. should like that should be where we go with Wrath of the Elf then. So. Yeah, if you want to have if you want to house rule it, I think that's a pretty good way to go. Yeah, wish we'd done that. It's pretty bad. Maybe next time. Maybe next time, <laughs> if we ever go into the high level, like if we ever do a, a an actual play I of really the girls like at like twenty fifth or thirtieth level. Heck yeah! God's help everyone. Gonna have to figure out what the heck you're gonna do. <laughs> I mean, right now we're just doing a lot of paperwork and child rearing, so that's not not very exciting. (laughs) It's not super exciting. You're just kind of running a nation, uh, training in our military. Although, Kallian is doing a lot of underworld stuff. Yeah, but it can't just be Kallian. Plus, she'll die. (laughs) That's why she calls you guys for help. No, she won't. (laughs) The Indigo Road needs a stop in Brasilia. I mean, it does. Uh, The reward for a long, successful adventuring career bureaucracy it is that is the reward we've achieved and it sucks it's kind of rough i think the final boss even was like that was one of his final taunts is like yeah but no now your lives are stuck with this like you're always gonna be this this isn't you don't ever get your own lives back i think so we were like man you're right but we're still gonna kill you real hard (laughs) that's the best kind of villain right there what a jerk good stuff all right, uh, so we can also talk about what other specializations complement this one, and we can just go down the list real quick here, starting with Arcane Warrior. And, I mean, if you're going to be using that ensnare spell to bring folks closer to you, Arcane Warrior is not a bad choice. Yeah. You can get yourself some armor and some weapons so you can pull them onto your sword. Act- yeah. Actually tank as a mage. Yeah. Yeah, this is also a really elfy thing to do. Oh, yeah. Super elfy. I mean, Arcane Warrior mm-hmm. is a big elfy thing. Keeper's a big elfy thing. Just yep. do it. You'll get some health elfiest, back. Elfiest elf around. You will be. <laughs> it's true. Uh, Blood Mage, you know. If you wanted to be Meryl and make bad choices, this is the way to do it. Uh, it would definitely uh, bring a bring a little more offense to the uh, to the uh, Keeper's party. Blood Wound by itself, you know, makes up for a Oof. lot of the. Uh, a lot of the lacking in in keeper in terms mm-hmm. of offensive capability and you yeah. know, uh, when you're Especially running away when from Templar to... stones throw is a nice option. Yes. <laughs> Fair yeah. enough. Absolutely. Uh, and I mean, you can use all that health that you've got to get more mana. So do more mana, more mage stuff. So Always you, good. You're just more mage. Uh, next is the force mage. You wanted to be the control master? Here it is. Like, this is a great way to just own the battlefield in your own personal. You got Wrath of the Elven damaging folks who are close to you. You can ensnare to pull folks to you, or you can use, uh, uh... Like, Pull of the Abyss or whatever? Pull of the Abyss to pull them close, or Fist of the Maker to drop them down. Just punch them. Or give them the fall down spell. I love the fall down spell. It's not even... It's just a spirit spell. Uh, but mind blast. Mind li- blast. Therein lies the issue, though, is because if you're if you're going keeper, 
you're probably going to invest real heavily into primal, whereas mm -hmm. force mage really benefits someone who's investing a lot more in, into into spirit magic. So it's true. Mm -hmm. um, so you'll have to kind of divide your loyalties there. But yeah, if you wanna if you wanna control the battlefield, this is this is a great way to go. Yeah, I think it can be done. Yeah, but it would be. Uh... It's a little bit of a challenge to do anything else. Like, yeah. I was I was pretty full up. Uh, I did... Once you get to the high levels, you can, accom you can accommodate about two and a half maxed out skulls. And I was... Uh, what's it? Creation and creation spirit, spirit. And then I had enough <clears throat> primal to get by. Mm -hmm. <coughs> so, Force Mage is not a bad decision. And then uh, Necromancer is <clears throat> an interesting choice for a Dalish mage. Yeah, good luck with making that work flavor-wise. <laughs> That's uh, that one's a little weird. Yeah, uh, it would work though with uh, stuff like Death Siphon and yes. some of the yeah. other uh, some of the other. Oh, there are <laughs> dead guys around you, Schlorp. So. You got Wrath of the Elven drinking their blood. You got Death Siphon drinking their blood. You got. <clears throat> all kinds of weird stuff happening and I think uh, the, the marks the spirit marks and the lingering marks get to do some good stuff um, and even if they do kill you your Wrath of the Elven keeps going because you get a simulacrum for a little while that is true also uh, I guess you could oh you go ahead uh, I was just going to say, but this has the same issue with the Force Mage, where you're going to be investing a lot more heavily into spirit mm -hmm. and entropy magic, whereas mm -hmm. Keeper's going to want primal everything. Yep. So, yep, you'll have uh, to so be careful. kind of mechanical split there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You could, uh, you could, I guess, be like that kind of emo elf, and you could have, like, you know, a whole bunch of hair over one eye, and you could decide that the shems work for you now, <laughs> and then you could raise a bunch of shems. Oh, God. The, uh, if, uh... I don't know if any listeners by chance took a look at the uh, the Hands of the Inquisition uh, um, characters. The elf mage that I have in, in those is actually a necromancer, Ooh. not a keeper. So. Ooh. But it um... he, he has kind of a vendetta against uh, some of the Dalish, actually. So Ooh. It, it uh, fits his background. All right. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, the next option is a... Is a, is a very good thematic fit. Uh, the shapeshifter. The, 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 the final frontier that will uh discussions. And um, if, oh, yeah, if you're going for the, like, the full druid kind of uh, then it's very thematically appropriate, but the class powers don't mix, the specialization powers don't mix much. Yeah, uh, that said, if you could cast the like Wrath of the Elven and then transform, that, that'd be kind of cool. <laughs> yeah. But you're pretty much locked into that sort of pattern, though, because once you're in that animal form, yeah, you're done. there goes your spell casting. Mm -hmm. That can be rough. Yep. Mm -hmm. And then there is, of course, the Keeper Spear. Mm -hmm. No one here does that. Nobody's one. ever done that. It's uh, It takes a lot to make this work, I'll be honest with you. You have to be able to, especially in higher levels, you're going to want your GM to give you some items to make these things viable because they just don't scale well. But the the sort of direction that each of them takes is not bad combined because mm -hmm. it's a lot of support and a lot of uh, battlefield control. The only problem I would have with this one is that the Dalish don't consort with spirits like <laughs> at all. So you have to have a really good reason for that for actually becoming a spirit healer because you've got mm -hmm. the 
in the Dalish world, blood magic is the worst, but just underneath that is spirit magic. And so, here's the fun part with that, is I didn't know that until after <laughs> I had become a spirit healer. <laughs> Whoops. And, and so Ren and I were like, well, you know, and we had, we she learned it from an avar, actually. Mm-hmm. Like You didn't learn it like, from a Like, hey, you've got a spirit following you. Maybe you should try to interact with it. Here's how you do that. And she was like, well, that seems legit. But I figure, you know, at this point, she's been away from home so much that, you know, she's not holding on to a lot of those prejudices. And then she took it home and her mom looked at her like she would if you caught your teenager smoking or something. And she's like, oh, come on, mom. It's not that bad. (laughs) Okay, that can work. Just, you know, if you want to go this route, it could be cool. Just make sure you got some sort of way to reconcile yeah. that i think yeah communication so that when you come back to your clan they're not like uh you're evil goodbye <laughs> right because according to the dalish there's no such thing as a good spirit yeah we're working on that we're the working dread on wolf that. has its claws in you the dread wolf <laughs> is an egg i'm gonna crack that egg <laughs> <laughs> Dreadwolf uh, is a big right old goober. Oh, wait, did we just do spoilers, probably? Yeah, I guess Inquisition spoilers. I mean, it's been out since 2014. I mean, We're going on five years, years now. Right. Yep. Four. Uh, although, how long it's is 2019 the next year. Oh, three years. You've still well, had three years, everybody. Right. If you went on to Tumblr and looked for Dragon Age stuff, you, you found probably it. found it by accident. That's like looking for Undertale art and not knowing the ending to Undertale. You'll know the ending to Undertale the moment you look at Undertale art. It's the same thing. You just... And like I say, I've said this before, if you're listening to a podcast about Dragon Age, you've probably yes, played... Yes, we'll put a little words. tag on iTunes or and something. Not, be like, spoilers doing? for Trespasser. <laughs> slight, slight spoilers for Trespasser. Slight. <laughs> Definitely nothing big. Uh, I was going to mention I really like the idea of Stone's Throw using fast casting and then group healing when you're in your new position. I think I did that. I'm pretty sure you've done it several times. Yeah. It's a good... Uh, it, it works. It's useful. It's good. All right. Uh, so we've talked about the uh, the uh, We should talk about the fluff of being a keeper. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, so the first thing we should probably talk about is your clan. Because you're a Dalish keeper. You are, let's see, the big deal about being a keeper is your clan. They are your charge and your family. And you lead them spiritually as well as literally. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're going to be in charge of protecting and eventually leading the clan to safety in times of trouble. Your wisdom is called upon whenever the clan needs to make a decision. And these decisions can be big or small. Simple arguments about where to hunt may come to you. Or larger questions like which way do we go to escape the Templars will come to you. Ooh. Nobody likes that question. No one likes that question. That's a bad one. <laughs> uh, the Dalish don't really consider the Keepers rulers. They're more like wise counsel and, and mystics privy to knowledge that keeps the elven traditions alive. They're respected because they've always been respected. Uh, your Keeper, if you are the first, if you are a first, uh, will teach you some of the secrets of the Dalish Elves, which helps fuel the power of your Keeper spells. And, you know, you probably will be a first or something when you start the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, which definitely is going to very quickly unlock this specialization. Uh, mm-hmm. You will be taught what little they know about the Elven language and how to perform the traditions of the past. You will learn the history of your people, from the history of the Dales back to what little is known about the Elven Pantheon and Arlathan. Uh, this specialization is a great excuse to share whatever <laughs> you've, you've, encou- you've found. 
It's the time to push your glasses and start saying things you've always wanted to talk about. <laughs> me, me, I can do that. <laughs> yes! <laughs> yes. I mean... That's what I do. Well, I feel it. It's a good time. I oh. am the lore master. <laughs> it's all good. Again, good radio. <laughs> good radio. Yes, I, the, that's the me swishing my cape. I <laughs> have swish. a cape. I have a lore master. She, she did swish her cape, everybody. It was majestic. Mm-hmm. And it's a real cape that she definitely has on her person right now. That she totally definitely has. And no one can say otherwise because what here's going to talk. I have, I have a lore master cape. It's perfect. Oh, gosh. You do have one, but you haven't seen it yet. So you have to. I will have to re- rectify that. We got to fix it. Mm-hmm. See, now you've broken the fourth wall. We haven't seen the cape that she's absolutely wearing right now. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I mean. Immediately turned on it. Y'all didn't hear nothing. <laughs> Welcome to the wonders of <laughs> where the points are made up and you know the rules don't matter. That's right. Uh, you're going to, as a keeper, you are also probably going to be in charge of social encounters. Oh uh, yes, between clans, uh, between the clan and human settlements, or other parties like traveling merchants or mercenaries. Uh, there, these dis- these negotiations are going to probably have you with the helm. And do uh, badly at them, and your clan will probably get destroyed. Yes, so. you know, no, no pressure. Because that's what happens. Crunch-wise, this actually does kind of leave you in a precarious position because you need to have three stats that all need to be good. And communication is a secondary. Stat it's a secondary. Mages, right? Okay. It, I'm very glad for that because <laughs> I put a whole bunch of points in it. You did. You did. You became very good with it, and your and and the nation that you established is very grateful that. You know, all those very, very angry humans out there have someone nice to talk to. I still, I think the only reason they haven't come after us is because, you know, Anders has recently blown up a chantry. Yeah, they're a little distracted right now. I'm okay with that. But what's this mage over here doing? Yeah, we're not a problem. Look over there. All right. Uh, you will either speak uh, with your keeper as an assistant or you are going to be leading those negotiations. Uh, so perhaps be prepared for that possibility. Mm-hmm. Uh, you are one of two mages in the clan. Most clans uh, prefer to keep the mage count to exactly two. The rule of two, as it were. Mm-hmm. Yeah, remember that elven necromancer I mentioned? Yeah, he was number three. <laughs> oh, huh. man. Did not work out well for him. No. Oh. Not ideal. Well, uh, let's see. Mages are known to the elves, of course, to be beacons to demons if not trained properly. And while the Dalish do have a higher opinion of magic than most, in th- most that they still see the danger. Uh, when there are too many mages in a clan, the clan's leaders usually seek out other clans in need of mages to become firsts. These mages are sent to live with the other clan to give the keeper a first who can have their secrets passed on. And if there's no clan nearby, they just get dropped out in the yep. woods or out on the edge of a human settlement and... So long, and thanks for all the fish. Yep. It's true. Can happen. Rough stuff. Um, Having mages in the clan also means that you are a potential target for the Templars. uh, Because you are all apostates. Oh, yes. Uh, While not all Templars are necessarily willing to make an excursion into the the deep wilds to find uh, apostates who aren't really bothering human settlements, some of them are very excited. Uh... Most Dalish clans will give human settlements with Templar forces some distance and not overstay their welcome. Uh, but you will probably find yourself speaking for the clan to the Templars, uh, maybe on one occasion or two, and hopefully it's speaking terms and not, uh, you know, 
Flood mage terms? Fight sorting terms. <laughs> uh, there are potentially a few artifacts that you may be given uh, as part of your big training to become a keeper. Mm-hmm. This may not be the case plans, uh, but some do have access to enchanted items they may have uncovered from elven ruins. Uh, or, or in the dales and other places. Some keepers may have staves made from the Tree of Mithal. Quote unquote, the, uh, let's see, the Dal al Mathal. What properties these staves have is unclear, but that just leaves it open for your campaign to decide what will be appropriate. Mm-hmm. Uh, the keeper will give this staff to the first when they are succeeded as keeper. This would be a good point to talk to your GM where you say, okay, you know, if I'm graduating in, into taking on that keeper role, maybe I pick up a staff that has some of those abilities we talked about that maybe boost Wrath of the Elven or Ensnare or some of the uh, weaker options in the in the Keeper's arsenal. Right. I, Nancy, I, I, there's a lot of magic items that involve Keeper stuff and Elfy stuff. I'm still not entirely sure how they managed to, if they managed to make any or if they're just finding them. I think uh, they probably make items. and We know that they make Superior quality woodwork and things they do. like that. Wouldn't be surprised. Mm-hmm. Usually that requires lyrium. Uh, mm. So, you know, you know, maybe they cut some deals with some dwarves, you know. Maybe your clan does. Mm-hmm. So, uh, that burden of leadership can be an excellent storytelling structure and potentially a curse for your game if not handled well. Uh, yeah. Because the, because there's so much fluff that is attached to this particular specialization, you might have to be a little careful about how you're using it. Uh, because unless the rest of your party is also members of your clan, you probably shouldn't be off adventuring when you're supposed to be learning your keeper duties. Mm-hmm. Part of why it took so long to take that specialization. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, so having the entire party be part of the clan or at least coming into contact with them often, uh, is an excellent remedy for this problem. Um, that, uh, and having taking, having them take care of the clan can be a, a great part of the campaign that's very rewarding for the right group. Uh, not unlike running an inquisition. Hint, hint. <laughs> All those decisions that you gotta make. I can also recommend, uh, Starting a nation and making it big enough that you can temporarily fob off the running of it to someone else. And then you can go finish fighting your big bad. That works for some of us. When in doubt, engage in nation. Yeah, when in doubt, build a nation for the elves and then go do other stuff. Crack open those organization rules. That, that organization blew up real fast. Hey, we're good at what we do. Hey, you guys rolled some good stun points. <laughs> Like, half nation, half sorority. <laughs> I mean, kind of. <laughs> I mean, rather, half world leader, half sorority. Because, I mean, not a one of those girls was over the age of, like, 24 when that went down, so... It's true. <laughs> so, uh, another important thing to talk about is your first. Because if you are the keeper of a clan, you're going to eventually need one of those. Yep. Uh, when you pass away, someone's going to have to teach all, have to have learned all the secrets you learned and pass them on to the next generation of keepers. Uh, you will probably not have many choices among your clan, but your clan might be more comfortable with having multiple mages, so you may be left with the difficult choice of naming a successor from a number of young mages. Uh, more than likely, you will be stuck with a single mage, uh, youth who will be given to you for training uh, to not only control their magic, but to be groomed to become a keeper. Mm-hmm. Uh, your GM might have a first ready for you, but they may also give you the chance to design a character as part of your backstory who, who could end up being, being your first. 
Mm-hmm. So have fun with that one. I think mine's an elected position now. Yeah. I don't think I get to have a first. No, not really. There's lots of people mm. who are helping uh, spread the enough. spread the knowledge of the elven of the elven people. So, so uh, if you're a part of a Brasilia campaign, a lot of this is a bit of a moot point. Uh, but assuming that you're not, life's a lot easier if you're Brazilian, though. So maybe come live with us. We have a write up for the campaign setting. We still have keepers. They just run different districts and families. Mm-hmm. Serve on a council. Uh, something definitely worth mentioning is uh, Arlathvin. Very important for keepers. Uh, because once every ten years, the Dalish clans gather together in a meeting called Arlathvin, uh, which I believe means love of the people. Mm-hmm. Uh, where they share what lore they might have found, what relics they uncovered, rekindle old friendships, or reignite old rivalries. This re- meeting represents an excellent chance for some adventure. Uh, a chance we have definitely exploited in our campaign. Yeah, we 100% did this. Oh, yeah. There was a lot of social encounters going on. A lot of big debates in a big uh, overgrown forum. I got married. And you also got married. And then we got attacked by a Vartarol. And demons. And demons. <laughs> so many demons. We might have used the mass combat rules. It was rough. Uh, which were potentially hinging on how many people they managed to convince to be to be part of their side. Who eventually mm-hmm. joined their side and actually fighting the demons. Yeah, uh, and just getting there can yep. be a major challenge. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, you have to navigate wilds, you have to get past humans, and then... Uh, you might even have to just figure out where it's being held. Yeah, that's that's not always easy to... They don't exactly have, like, you know, Instagram. Not really, no. <laughs> you imagine an healthy Instagram, though. At Arlathan Forest. Going? <laughs> yes, no, maybe. <laughs> Interested. Man. It would be it would be such a disappointing thing if you know the, some Templars or Legion nobles or someone you know managed to get a hold of the location. Oh, that would oh you know, no, that would be so terrible. Hippie Woodstock's being Ooh, held, yeah. and someone decides to launch an exalted oh, march or something. Oh, oh, why? We are not. Oh. We haven't even gotten to plot hooks yet, but just tack that one on. Yeah, please do. Oh man, yeah. that's some high level campaign stuff. Oh man. Yeah, it is. Ooh. Oh, that's the worst. Get all those elves in oh, one man. place, and, and if they're holding it, what if they're holding it into winter, and then a bunch of slavers here about okay, it? Okay, no, no Dalish in their right mind would ever <laughs> hold anything into winter. There isn't our Lathan forest there. That doesn't slavery, <laughs> slavery, <laughs> slavery. <laughs> that is a big thing into winter. Maybe can I mention that. slavery? The humans wouldn't expect it. Or- Oh, wow. Or better yet, let's go hold it on Sundermount. That's a holy place to all the elves. Oh, That's a great man. Place you know what? Why don't we just go back to yeah. the straight-up Dales? Like, the queen's not using the Winter Palace in summer, right? <laughs> <laughs> that should be fine. Let's just take the Winter Palace. Seems legit. <laughs> oh, my gosh. All right. Uh, so, before we go, we're going to leave you with a couple of plot hooks. Uh, one to... of which is the new terrible one that Andy just promoted, and I'm terrified and want to know what happens next. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Oof, that's a good one. That's a nice high-level adventure. Someone get on that. Heck. All right. Uh, let me finish. Let me finish my haunted house first. <laughs> yes, haunted house first, then then, then extermination of all the Dalish. The new exalted oh. march of the Dales. You have to save them. That's your job. Is you have to save yeah, them. Yeah, that's the sad. Well, the yeah, job. but I'm GMing, so. <laughs> yeah, I guess you don't save them. Um, Leona, would you like to read this first plot hook? Uh, sure. 
Uh, heroes come across a lonely elven teen. The teen is grumpy, teary-eyed, and determined not to return to the forest. If the heroes can get them to open up, they reveal that they were given to another clan because they were the third mage in the clan. Or, you know, fourth if you want to have a second. Uh, the youth does not like their new clan and wants to go back to their old clan, but knows that they won't have them. The heroes have a choice here. They can try to convince them to live with the new clan, or convince the old clan to take them back in and send another of their mages away instead. How the two clans take the situation, and the fact that the outsiders are getting involved, could make the situation more difficult to juggle. Yeah, it's gonna, if you're not an elf yourself, it's going to be hard to get them to listen to anything you have to say. Mm-hmm. This one may be more effective if you have a bunch of Dalish party members, so they will at least give you the time of day. Mm-hmm. Right. Not, like, leave you hanging upside down from a tree like they did to Jenna TV. Yeah, they did do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it was Jenna TV, so it's okay. Next Je- one? Next one. Uh, Andy, you already gave us one, so uh, <laughs> it is a good one. Um, Jessica, you want to read this one? Sure. The Templars have contacted the PCs as travelers who may have knowledge they desire. They are hunting apostates, and they know that a Dalish clan is traveling in the area. They ask the heroes if they know anything about the clan's whereabouts, and offer a noticeable reward for any information. The PCs have made contact with this clan before, and know generally where they're camping. Do the PCs sell the Dalish out for the reward, give the Templars bad directions for the reward, or say they know nothing? Giving the Templars bad directions might make them less excited to see the heroes when they inevitably cross cross paths again. Hmm. Or more excited, if you think about it from a, you know, stabbing point of view. We had we had something very similar to this come up as our uh, as our group was heading to Cumberland this a uh, couple couple weeks ago. Oh. Uh, all parties were a lot more than they seemed. Good. Oh boy. That's always fun. And now and now there's a bunch of infected <coughs> elves out there. It's a bad time. Oh. oh, boy. Great. That surely won't come back to bite my party members. Nope. Certainly not. Because if there's one thing we know about Dragon Age, it's things never come back to bite you. Never. No. And all romances are really simple and never have any complications. Never. Mm-hmm. And racism and is dead. everyone treats everyone equally. <laughs> yep. Never. <laughs> Never. Uh, the nearby clan is looking for a missing first, and the more open-minded members of the group decide that outside help might know the area better. The heroes are approached by a Dalish scout who asks them if they know the area well and informs the PCs that the clan's first wandered off in the middle of the night. Some clan members sleepily remember her speaking to someone, but didn't see anyone else with her. The heroes are asked to help them track her down, and should the PCs take them up on the offer, they discover that not only has the first wandered into a dangerous ruin with reanimating corpses, but that the first has been called and now possessed by a spirit. Who the spirit is, uh, and why they need the first in particular are up to your GM, or if the spirit approached the first or was contacted by the first. The more suspicious Dalish may not trust the heroes to remain friendly, and might arrange for accidents during the delve, perhaps even trying to turn the clan against them now that they know the depths of the apostasy this clan has committed. Or continues to commit. Yeah. You know. For kids. <laughs> That's probably a better one to use if you don't have a Dalish party. Because yeah. a Dalish party is just going to... Uh, they're just going to come to Dalish party and be like, Hey, so help us. Hey, uh, <laughs> help, plus? You should probably come help. It's like, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, cool. Seems legit. Alright. Um... 
I think we've uh, see that we're. Uh, nah, I haven't got any jokes. We're done. I think we're good. <laughs> guess you could. I mean, there was a pretty good one, but I guess you could say that I got to it first. Yeah. <laughs> does anyone? Not your best work. Be does anyone second <laughs> finishing this episode? Carrying it on, keeping it going. Anyway. Uh, you, no. 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 <laughs> no. No. Yes. Yes. No. <laughs> <laughs> good try though alright uh, thanks everyone out there for listening uh, if you like what we do please consider supporting us on our new Patreon uh, you can't see Jessica's face but there definitely is one I give uh, you an E for Elfert na 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 what was that the best one uh-huh. good night everybody <laughs> uh, first place <laughs> Uh, if you support us with only $3 a month, you get to vote on our Patreon poll, which is worth twice as many votes as the other polls. If you support us with $5 per month, you get to hear the episodes a week early on Patreon. Uh, anything you can contribute is appreciated. You can find a link to our Patreon on our blog and in the post for this show. If you'd like to keep up with the show, you can follow us on our social media. Feel free to leave a comment or a question, or even tell us how your Dragon Age games are going. I, we always love hearing how Dragon Age games are going. We always do. Please tell us. Mm-hmm. Feel free to comment on our show on SoundCloud, and if you and if you can, please leave us a review on iTunes or Google Play. It really helps us out. It does. So this is Ren wishing lots of sixes on that dragon die. This is Jessica wishing you good heels and happy feels. This is Andy keeping the dread wolf off your trail. And this is Leona. May the creators guide you on your way. Thank you both for joining us. It was always a good time. Thank you. Yeah, I always guess you could say it was. Uh, you could say it was majorly fun. Uh, <laughs> You're just mad because I got more. Sure, yeah, that's <laughs> why I'm mad. <laughs> Goodbye! Goodbye, everybody. Bye, everybody! Have a good night, Bye. or morning, or whatever time you're listening to this. Bye!